and he says thank you to the goaltender, and he's very yeah. funny, and he has a nice beard. Welcome to checking out the competition before sunrise edition. <laughs> it doesn't matter to you people because podcasts exist in a liminal space without time, but we are recording this uh, before 7 a.m., the night after the Flyers beat the stupid Boston Bruins 6-3, to three, so I'm feeling pretty good. Todd from Litterbox Cats is joining us to talk about the Florida Panthers. Todd, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Very good, thank you. So the Panthers are off to a pretty good start. 3-0 and so far this season. Um, It wasn't a huge offseason for the Panthers in terms of quantity, but um, the couple of moves that did get made were pretty good. You guys ended up with Sam Reinhart, which was one of those big prizes hanging out there this summer. And you also ended up with my favorite not flyer, Joe Thornton. Um, so with a team that's not that different, how are things looking for you so far this year? Um, so far, so good. I mean, overall, they look really good. You know, they've beaten, you know, back to back what what I think a, a pretty fair number of people would say are the two best teams in the Eastern Conference and, and beat them pretty convincingly. Um, you know, for for the most part, they look really good. There's a couple areas of concern, you know, taking taking too many penalties and power play hasn't really gotten going yet. But other than that, five on five, you know, they look really good, look like they're going to be one of the best teams in the league. Is uh, Coach Q still doing his super fun go, go, go all offense style with this team? Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely play a, a more up-tempo style. The one the one thing that I will say that I've noticed um, so far in the early going is is the, the team just has so much speed, so the for, the forwards are really doing a nice job of back-checking and, and helping out on defense. And, you know, other you know the last two games, they've only given up a goal in each game to the Islanders and the Lightning. So that's that's pretty impressive. So they are playing they are playing some defense. Um, you know, I know I know Keith Yandel's gotten off to, a, you know, at least offensively, he's gotten off to a, a really good start for you guys. But defensively, the last couple of years, you know, he was uh, part of the problem down here. So, you know, for for us, it might be a, a little bit of a case of addition by subtraction as far as that goes. But they they so far, they definitely are missing Yandel on the power play. That's that's one thing he did do pretty well down here. And you can see that they don't really have that defenseman, you know, to move the puck around on the power play. So that's that's something they're going to have to, uh, you know, adjust to during the season. I'm glad you brought up Yandel because I was going to ask you about him. Um, I think that we are still in the honeymoon phase of Keith Yandel because he seems like an incredibly charming human being. And he says thank you to the goaltender. And he's very yeah. funny. And he has a nice beard. And as you said, he's very good on the power play. So I think right now we're kind of like still very into Keith Yandel. But as you said, he does historically tend to struggle defensively. And I think we've seen that a little bit um, so far with the Flyers. But uh, none of them have ended up in the back of the net yet. So I, I think that everyone's just ignoring them, which is kind of how it goes with defensemen, I think. Um, but but yeah, I, I guess that's kind of the biggest thing with Yandel Hans, that he's just not a super defensive defenseman. No, not at all. And he's he's pre, he's prone to some, you know, ghastly giveaways at at times and uh, you know, he just 
you know, after a couple after a couple years of that, people were just like ready to run him out of here, you know. But he he is good on the power play, you know. He he definitely passes the puck around really nice on the power play. Not the best at getting it, you know, through a crowd on goal or anything like that. But I mean, for, so far Florida's definitely missing him on the power play, so they got to kind of change things around and and, tr- and try something different because they don't. They don't really have somebody that that passes it to that level, you know, on on the de- on the defense. But uh, one one word of warning, I will say, as far as Yandel goes, is the first month, maybe six weeks last season, he he looked really good. Uh-oh. You know, the year before people were like the, the year before people were over him, and he actually got off to a pretty good start to the season last year, and then. At some point after that six or eight week mark, he just like really took a really took a dive. But, you know, maybe maybe he was hurt and it just never came out. But the, the rest of the year was definitely a struggle for him. But, you know, maybe the change of scenery will do him good, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens as far as that goes. How is he being used down there? Was he a second pair guy for you? Um, yeah, I, th- I think so. Like second, third pair. OK. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, he he, ha- he has games where he's fine, and then then you know he'll have those just have those moments where you're just like, well, what are you doing back there? You know, like how could you make how could you make that kind of mistake? But you know, but he he's definitely used the right way. I mean, I think he still he still can be a useful player. Yeah, we've currently got him on our third pair, which I think is a a good spot for him at this point in his career. But uh, we got our first look at the. Rasmus Ristolainen, Travis Sanheim pairing last night against Boston, and it was real bad. So I'm not sure if the deep pairings as they're currently set for the Flyers are going to stay the same. I'm not sure if it'll be Keith Yandel that gets moved up, but I guess we'll find out. Um, I'm kind of hoping not because, like I said, I think third pair is a good spot for him. Third pair, that spot on the power play where he absolutely rules. Um, and like, you know, limited defensive minutes and i think you're all set with keith yandel yeah that's pretty much where he's at right now so i know it's hard to really make any you know big sweeping judgments on game three of the season um but i did notice that sergey bobrovsky has played two games and spencer knight has played one um i mean i know that bob makes a whole lot of money and when he was signed was probably supposed to be your starter forever but do you anticipate that Bobrovsky is going to be the number one goaltender for this team for the stretch of the season yes I I I think so I mean you know as and especially if he if he keeps playing you know good you know like I mean he's he's looked really good the first couple games but I you know like based on the last two years you know how long is that gonna last I don't know yet um, we'll see going forward, but yeah, I, I would think as long as he's he's playing good and 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 he keeps winning games, you know that, you know he, because of the money and just just to kind of bring Knight along, you know at a, at a fair pace for him and not and not put a lot of pressure on him, you know I, I think Bob will probably end up starting, you know somewhere around 50 games and Knight will get the other 32, some somewhere around that I'm sure is the plan. You know, but, it, you know, if it goes off the rails for Bob, obviously, you know, Knight's going to get he's going to get more playing time. But I'm um, right now they're probably really happy with the way way things are going. And that's that's probably the plan for now is is Bob, you know, Knight getting a game for every two that that Bobrovsky gets. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, his numbers through the, the two games are certainly not bad, so. Yeah, and sticking with him. Yeah. Two of the, you know, two of the four goals he gave up against the Penguins, I mean, they, they put him off. You know, Ekblad deflected one in, you know, there's nothing Bob could do about it, and the other one they banked off a defenseman. So, you know, he really only gave up, you know, the two go- the two goals, and, you know, he was real solid in the Islander game start, and uh, against the Penguins he did make a lot of really good saves, you know, despite giving up the four goals. So just taking a look at the the box stats for the team right now, it looks like, you know, kind of the names that you expect to see at the top. Alexander Barkov, Carter Verhage are leading the team in scoring right now. Um, not really a shock there. Has there been anybody that has been a surprise for you through these three games? Um, yeah, Anthony Duclair has looked really good. I mean, he he's, he's you know, quickly worked his way back up. He play, he played some, got some first line time last year in in spots, and and he's back on the first line already. Um, he scored in all three games, and you know he had a really good season last year. He just mm-hmm. um, he just didn't finish a lot of his chances, and, th- and this year they're they're going in for him. So he's playing really well, which is nice to see because I mean he's just so fast. He gets so many chance. You know, sometimes I think he might even just be a little too fast, mm. and, and that's why he just you know his hands just aren't quite up to the speed of his feet maybe sometimes, and and he he'll fail to you know, put away some real good scoring opportunities, but right now they're going in for him. And I think he's going to have, you know, I think he's going to have a big year this year because his shooting percentage last year was really low. So if it comes up a little bit, you know, I think he'll definitely get 20, 25 goals. Yeah. I was always surprised that he never seemed to stick anywhere because when you watched him play, it was pretty clear that all the tools were there. So I mean, I can totally see why Florida decided to take flyer on him. And it's it's nice to see that it's working out because he seems like a super talented kid and you want to see those kinds of players succeed, even if yeah, it's not with the Flyers. He's, he's played really well, like good effort every game, you know, since they signed him last year. So they got to be they got to be pretty happy with that signing. How has Owen Tippett looked so far this season? Um, Pretty he's he's looked OK, you know, um. I, I think he had a really good preseason, so I, I think people were, you know, maybe expecting him to, to get off to a good start. But he, he's looked all right. I mean, mm-hmm. so far in the first three games, you know, basically the first game, you know, the first line stood out. The second the second game, the second line, you know, was the, the line that had a big night. And then in the last game, it was the third line that, you know, that, that kind of got him the win. So it's you know, not nice to have that luxury where each one of your three lines can kind of win you a game on any given night. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's kind of how it's been, you know. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I expect he'll have a pretty solid season, you know, and be somewhere around the 20 goal mark. Not bad. Just for my own personal interest, <laughs> how's Joe Thornton looking? Uh, so far, so good. You know, I mean, you know, to to me, he looks he looks a little slow, but I mean, the, you know he's probably, old. Yeah, he's old, <laughs> and he probably could have said that maybe for the last five to ten years. Um, but yeah, other than that, his positioning is real sound. You know, you can tell he knows what he's doing out there, and and the and the fourth line has has looked really good, and you know they're they're putting up a lot more shots than they're than they're giving up. Um, so yeah, I mean. The the Panther the forward depth the Panthers have is it, it's just ridiculous how I mean mm-hmm. you know it's it's crazy like how how deep that forward group is you know and there 
and there's a and there's a few guys you know in, in the minors or you know that are that are getting scratched that would you know that would have easily made this team you know probably in any other year except maybe last year and then this year you know that's it's just it's just crazy like how they just you know bill zito built up the depth of the of the forwards like so quickly and he's and he's just man he's just basically hit on every move that he's made since he's been here yeah he really turned the entire team around pretty quickly yeah it's it's remarkable yeah I really wanted the Flyers to sign Joe Thornton for our fourth line center. I really feel like even given the negatives, like the slowness, as you pointed out, like a player of that caliber, you just, like, I, I mean, intangibles are like a stupid thing, but I feel like you get so much out of a guy like Joe Thornton, even if he's a little bit slow, like just the value add to the locker room has to be huge. So I'm sure that that's like a, a huge thing for them. Yeah. So apart from Anthony Duclair, um, anybody that we might not be thinking of? Oh, you know what I wanted to ask you about? Radko Gudis. How's he look so far since we, our old pal, Radko? Um, he, you know, I, I don't, I don't think he had the best first game of the season, but he's, you know, he's rounding, you know, into regular Gudisness. <laughs> he had, a, you know, he had a, he had a good game in the, in the last one. Um, but yeah, I mean, so far, like, you know, like I was saying, I mean, the, you know, they they had to cut. They got a played a pretty sloppy first game against the Penguins. They they started off really good, and then they gave up four straight goals, and then they just were like, okay, we're just going to score two in the, late in the third period and tie the game and win it in overtime. And then the last two games, I mean, they they pretty much dominated the Islanders, and and uh, you know they looked pretty good against Tampa Bay too. So those those are you know two really good teams and. You know they outscored them nine to two. So I, you know, like there's there's not a lot of of negatives I can I can find in anybody's performance so far. You know, Reinhardt looked a little, even in the preseason, he looked a little out of like a step behind mm. um, Barkov and Ver, Verhage. Just it's kind of not fitting in there, you know. So he, uh, you know, he looked really good on the third line you know, in, in the game against, uh, against Tampa Bay and he, he had a couple assists and, you know, so they might, they might've found a fit for him there on the third line instead of the first line. But, you know, that, that third line is, you know, just as good, just as good as a lot of other teams, second line. So, or, or has as much talent, you know, so just, yeah, uh, it's always wild to me when, I mean, fans, this is only happens with fans are like, I can't believe you're putting a guy like Sam Reinhart on the third line. We had it with JVR. Like, oh my God, how can JVR be on the third line? We're paying him so much money. He's supposed to be producing. It's like, you know, if you can't put him anywhere else but the third line, like it's because the other six guys are also very good. This is a good problem to have. Sam Reinhardt's on your third line. Team's probably looking pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and 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 that, you know, that could that could change. You know, that they, yeah. they you know, like Duclair you know he's a street he's a pretty streaky player so you know he could cool off and they could they could swap those two again and Reinhardt could be back up there with you know Barkoff and Verhage again so you know that's that's the luxury I mean the Panthers have a lot of guys that that can score and you know the good thing about Reinhardt too is if any of this you know if any of the centers get injured they can they can slide him into that spot too if, if mm-hmm. needed so 
you know, just uh, just a lot to work with in that forward group. Before I interrupted myself, I was going to ask you, apart from Duclair, is there anyone else that we might not really be focused on that we should maybe keep an eye on in this game? Um, you know, I think they'll probably go with the same lineup they did against uh, against the Lightning. So um, Mason Marchman, who missed the first two games, so he'll probably be in there. And he's, you know, he really... Uh, Towards the end of last season and in the in the playoff series against the Lightning, he really like started to look like a much more effective player. So, you know, he could, um, you know, he might he might be somebody that that Flyer fans aren't real familiar with that mm -hmm. that they might say, hey, I don't I don't really know a lot about this guy, but he looks he looks pretty good out there. He's pretty physical, and you know, he can he can score the occasional goal and and you know, make some good passes, and you know, he's. You know, he's another player that, you know, Zito just, I'm not sure. No, actually, I think that, that I think Dale Talon picked him up. Um, but he, you know, he's definitely carved out a, a roster spot for himself in the NHL. So the last thing I want to ask you, um, do you get the sense that the Panthers being good, um, like legitimately definitely 100% a good team. Like this is not some kind of mirage. This is an actually good hockey team. Um, do you think that's kind of going to turn the franchise around? Like they're no longer going to be like the ha ha look at the crowd at the Panthers game team. And, and they're going to be like, you know, exciting. Do you see that happening? Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I've always been a big believer in, in South Florida as being, you know, should should be a good a good hockey a good hockey market you know it, it was in the in the early the early years of the franchise and there there are a lot of people you know obviously from up north down here and there's a lot of hockey fans down here but i mean i i think i think i'm pretty much you know with with the exception of canada you know maybe but i think in some places in the northeast i think i think really like any any other NHL city, in particular, any other American NHL city that went through just like that long stretch of not making the playoffs, you know, would be having the same problems. You know, mm -hmm. it's just that the product down here has been has been bad for, you know, not the last couple of years, but, you know, for for such a long time before that, you know, and there's there's that core of Panther fans that that have stuck with the team. But where they've really lost out is just like the general, you know, hockey fan that maybe, you know, is a Flyers fan, but lives down here, but used to go to games when the Panthers were good in the early days. And now they don't go so much anymore. And they've lost just that casual, like kind of bandwagon sports fan that, mm -hmm. you know, that will, will hop on if, if it looks like, you know, you, you, you have a really good team. So that's, that's kind of where, you know, the attendance trouble with, with the team lies, you know, um, so, you know, they made the playoffs last year and then they were in, you know, I mean, some people call, you know, the first round of the bubble playoffs, the playoffs, and some people don't. So, but however you want to look at it, they've been in the postseason the last two years. So that's, that's good. I mean, they're definitely building some momentum and I, I think there's definitely more buzz around the team, um, down here this season, but, you know, right now it's a little hard to tell too, like with, with the attendance in some places, because, you know, some people are just not going to games because they just don't want to be around that many people. Right. Yeah. You know, so I, 
I think that's kind of like skewing attendance down here and in some other places. So, you know, we'll see. And in attendance, like I think historically down here in from the beginning of the season till around Christmas time is usually like kind of flat. And then as football season winds down and, mm. and the holiday season comes around, a Panthers attendance usually picks up the rest of the way. So I think I think that in a kind of a combination of the whole COVID thing, you know, is is kind of like keeping the crowds a little less than maybe, you know, maybe people expected at first for for a team of this caliber. But I think as the season goes on and they, and they keep winning, um, you know, people will start will start coming out. Yeah, it's pretty wild how a good hockey team will get you some butts in the seats. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even the Flyers, like attendance has been, I mean, obviously the last two years, you know, the world was falling apart. But even prior to that, the attendance was suffering. It's because the product was bad. Like all you need to do is ice a, a good hockey team. It doesn't really matter where you are. You're going to yeah, get fans. Exactly. Yeah, I've, I've been a hockey fan for a long, a long time you know, going back to the WHA and, and, you know, the teams that, that have failed in the NHL, it's, it's, it's because it's either been a bad product or the, or the ownership was just bad ownership. You know, mm -hmm. I think, I think that's where it stems from. I mean, I, I think if you put a hockey team in any city in the U, any like good size city in the U S and you run it the right way, that, that people are going to come out, whether in, and you see that in Tampa and you see that in Nashville, you know, and you're seeing that in Las Vegas, you know, if you do it the right way and you, if you have a good time, you don't even need to really win the Stanley Cup. Just make, just make the playoffs on a consistent basis yep. and it's going to be fine. But, you know, when you have a team like the Panthers that have only made the playoffs, you know, like six times in, in, in the entire history of the franchise, like that's that's really bad, you know. So, you know, the fact that that peep that. It, the team still has that kind of diehard, diehard core of like 8,000 or 10,000 fans, you know, is, it's still considering like what we've gone through over the years is, is, is pretty good. You know, it's just a matter of getting that, that casual fan to, to come back out consistently. Yeah. Got to get those snowbirds back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully soon. Okay. Last, last thing. Okay. Prediction for the outcome of this game. All right. Um, I think that I think the Panthers are going to win this one, and I'm going to say it's going to be, you know, maybe something like five four, a high scoring, high scoring, exciting game. Okay. I can be into that. I think so far the Flyers seem to be engaging in those types of high event games. So I'm going to agree with you, but I am contractually obligated to say that the Flyers are going to win. And that's fine. I was, I was happy to see the Flyers beat the Bruins last night. Me too. It was it was a little touch and go there for a minute, but they pulled it out, which last year's Flyers team absolutely would not have done. So it's good to see. I'm going to say Flyers 4-3. No, 4-2. All right. There we go. <laughs> Based on literally nothing, but that's what I'm going with. <laughs> Todd, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I really appreciate it. All right, Kelly, good to, good to talk to you. Everyone enjoy the game. Todd, enjoy the game. Go All Flyers. Right, I will.